Welcome to this week's episode of 20 and Trying. My guest this week is Olivia DiCicci, a member of the National Touring Company of Les Mis, understudying the roles of Fantine and Cosette. Funny enough, Olivia and I went to the same summer camp years ago. In today's episode, we talk about knowing what is right for you and your mental health, Olivia's journey to get to where she is now, never compromising who you are for anybody or any job, and the importance of living in the moment. I hope you enjoy this week's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You look amazing. No oh surprise. my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm really enjoying the whole not wearing makeup during quarantine thing. Oh, I'm my- sure. And I think my like, skin is normal, thriving. <laughs> yeah, normal makeup for like most people probably doesn't even hold the candle to the makeup that you have to wear for stage, right? Oh my gosh. Well, it wasn't even so much the makeup because honestly, we would go on without makeup sometimes, but we had to wear dirt on our faces for the entire first act, actually. And it was more so like a dark eyeshadow, but all the girls were always complaining about about the breakouts oh my gosh I can only imagine I think you have an experience that so few people can even I guess understand and share and revel in so I'm so excited to dive into this interview and everything and learn about the glamorous life that you have been leading oh gosh the road It's, I think it's a lot more um, glamorized uh, than it actually is. The performance part is wonderful. It's kind of the nitty details and travel and living out of a suitcase and all that stuff that I think really, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a wonderful experience, but I think that people really misconstrue how difficult it is to live on the road. And now that I'm home and I've had the luxury of being home for five months, I obviously miss it and feel like I took it for granted. And when and if hopefully I do get to go back, I think I will see it in a whole new light. Yeah, it's that saying you don't know how how important something is until it's gone or yeah. I think everyone can resonate with that right now. So many people lost their jobs. People are leaving what they thought was going to be their forever homes, especially in New York. It's rough. It's rough. I was just talking to my mom about like I'm feeling internally like I'm kind of reaching my point. (laughs) not only boredom, but just kind of like, I have never been so inactive in my career. And I know that that sounds silly. I'm I'm 23. But like, even growing up, I was always doing a a show, I was always doing some sort of thespian competition, just like, you know, always reaching for the next thing. And right now there's, there's nothing to reach for it feels like. Exactly. I remember and this was back in April, the one X at my university got canceled. And I was like, I need to write a story about this. I'm not doing theater anymore, but my heart is always going to be in it. Like, I will always be a theater kid. I need a story. And I was talking to a grad student, and she was talking about how the theater industry has been affected so severely because of what's going on, because you need an audience to thrive, essentially, within this industry. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine you grew up performing, and it's also literally in your blood because of your parents. So I can only imagine what the past few months have been like. Yeah. And for my parents as well, they were supposed to go on, my parents are in their 60s. And God bless them, they are still touring, or at least they were before the pandemic hit. And they were supposed to go to Germany and 
somewhere Sweden or something. It was supposed to be during the summer and that got canceled. And now like they're kind of thinking, well, maybe we're not going to get our last chance to perform, which is like really scary. Like I'm sitting, I just had a conversation with my friend on the phone. Like, I, I, you know, there's this whole like dark cloud over actors right now. It's so unknown. No one's really talking about us, which personally I find extremely frustrating like equity is equity is fighting hard equity is trying to keep us updated but when it comes to like i turn on the news and i don't expect politicians to be saying like let's get butts back in the seats um, at the minsk off but i it does kind of disappoint me that people are really taking for granted how much the arts is just a part of your everyday life <laughs> and so for me not knowing you know, when Broadway is going to reopen or when Hollywood and television is going to really start picking up again. That's scary. But like to look at my parents who have been doing this their entire lives and like they may never get a chance to be on stage again. That absolutely breaks my heart. And it really makes me feel lucky to know that like I'm hopefully going to see the other side of this and be able to say like this is where we were and this is how far we've come. Exactly. I think you, you said so many important things. No one's lived through a pandemic like this before. So we are mm -hmm. really in, and as cliche as it has become, it is unprecedented times. There isn't like, oh, remember last pandemic? Like that, <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> Yeah, I hope that never, I hope that's never a thing I have to say again. Oh my God. No. But I just want to say, remember the coronavirus? I yeah. hope that never happens again. We hope. Just, <laughs> we can only grow and use this experience for the better. But I guess I would love to touch upon your journey and your parents' journey because you mentioned that your parents are in this industry. So what has your journey looked like from when you were younger to where you were, I guess, pre-COVID? Oh my gosh. Well, it's taken so many twists and turns. To kind of put it in a nutshell, I did grow up traveling Europe with my parents. They are both, and I say this like in the most humble way for them, they are literal rock stars um, inside and out through and through. They raised me on classic 80s rock and roll, which is super ironic considering the fact that I do opera and musical theater. <laughs> I'm a true 80s music lover, so that sounds great for me. Wait, we had a conversation about how it was your grandpa or something was in the Rock Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Do yes. you remember that right? Mm -hmm. A long time ago. That's nuts. My mom has a feature in one of the European Rock and Roll Hall of Fames or something. I don't that's know. <laughs> she told me about that when I was in like high school. I was like, oh, that's cool, mom. It's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I pretty much is, I mean, at least once a year, I was pulled out of school and I would go with my parents and, and sit backstage. My mom would pull me up on stage sometimes. I did that more when I got older, which was super fun. My parents, funny enough, when it started to become like, when I started looking at colleges and programs and I started to become more uh, musical theater based, they were not so supportive of me going to school because neither of them went to school. You know, my mom uh, ran away when she was 16. She ran from, she grew up youngest of three brothers, had basically nothing um, in Canarsie, Brooklyn. And my dad grew up in Connecticut, youngest of youngest of three brothers. And the, no one's musical. No one is musical. The fact that they met each other when they met each other is is crazy. And I'm I am definitely one for telling really long stories. So I have to remind myself to uh, to keep it short. But they always told me growing up, they're like, well, you know, Barbra Streisand didn't go to school. And that, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And I was like, well, I really want to go to school. I, I mean, I thought that school was going to be something that to this day, getting a BFA in musical theater is kind of like 
it's like the sign of success. It's like mm -hmm. doing the right thing. And, and a lot of people won't even look at you twice in the industry if they don't look at your resume and see that you've got a BFA from somewhere. I personally experienced that. And I think that it's a, a stigma that kind of needs to be broken. I mean, so many successful actors didn't go to school or they dropped out. So that's what I ended up doing mostly because I was scared too, but my parents were like, please drop out of school. This is not for you. You you are not doing well. You're not mentally doing well. You're you're just falling behind in your classes. And then we can just tell that it's not enriching your life. It's not enriching your art. And they were right. So with their full support, well, first I moved to LA, literally unpacked in an apartment for one night and moved back to Florida because I chickened out so hard <laughs> and I was gonna try to pursue more film TV. And then I moved back to Florida, got a little job at Starbucks. Then I moved to New York City where my parents, I cannot thank them enough, helped to support me while I was trying to like find my footing. And I got signed with a great agent. And everyone seems to think that I moved to New York and just kind of like Les Mis fell into my lap. But that is not at all what happened. I think I hit my literal rock bottom while I was living in New York. It took me a year and a half to get the job at Les Mis. And I feel like a lot of the trouble I had in New York had more so to do with the fact that I didn't get those four years in school to kind of like make mistakes and to learn from them and to get my own little community of friends. Like I moved to New York, I didn't know anybody. And I actually don't think that I, I didn't really ever hang out with anybody in New York because I didn't know anyone. So that was that. And my parents were really, my, my parents are still my best friends, but they're my biggest support. And to this day, I know that they're going to do everything that it takes to help me find my way back to whatever is the future and the new normal of this industry. And I'm actually currently recording a song with my mom. You know, she's she's trying to help me stay sane. She's trying to help me stay relevant in my music. And um, I think it's really great that I can collaborate with her and my dad will be producing and mixing the music. It's really great that you can share that passion with both of your parents. Yeah. And I guess circling back, you mentioned that having a BFA is kind of like that. I made it within the industry. So would you ever consider going back to school or getting that BFA? Or where do you think traditional education and just natural born talent, how do they play in together? Well, I do definitely believe that school is necessary for certain people. Like, I don't think that if you're just, <laughs> it's so interesting. I just took a virtual acting class with Jason Alexander, who is absolutely incredible. And we would talk a lot about how like, you can be the most talented person on the earth. You can have natural raw born talent, but like, are you doing the work? Is that all that you're gonna show us? Because there's a million talented people. Like it's kind of like the, the dirty work that makes you a real artist. Are you an artist is the question. There's naturally talented people and then there's artists. And that really struck a chord in me because I think growing up, I was definitely put on a little bit of a pedestal. And I was always like, you know, they will go get up and go sing, go sing. And I, my parents kind of groomed me in that way. That was like, they were very proud of me for not having to take voice lessons. And I wish that I had taken voice lessons now because I know how difficult it is to sing eight shows a week now. And I'm in training now that I know that, but um, I would not say I have done multiple like talkbacks with uh, high school students. I would not say to just assume college is pointless for you. I would definitely recommend trying. I'm really glad that I tried it because I think that if I didn't, 
to this day, I would be wondering, should I have gotten a degree? I don't think that I'll go back to school just because I don't think the school, school is for me. I don't know if it was the program that I was at. I think that it was definitely where I was mentally at that time. I was going through something really difficult and in my life and I didn't know how to handle it. And my classmates certainly didn't know what was up with me. I didn't know what was up with me and it was getting in the way with my work. But I think that the path that I've taken so far has worked for me. I have, like I said, I have a great agent, I have a great manager. I get auditions and obviously I don't get them all, but I think that's all that someone really, you know, you go through the four years of the training, but you never stop learning. I mean, I'm taking my acting class. I hope to get back into another acting class in September. If I go back to the city, I want to keep staying in lessons, take dance classes. Like the learning never stops. I think that something that is really helpful that comes out of the BFA program is that you get to showcase. So that's what'll help you get an agent, what'll help you get a manager, which I don't know who up there is watching over me, but that came to me in the most wonderful, painless way. Someone kind of just saw me and they had a lot of faith in me, which meant a lot. And I was extremely stressed that I was not going to live up to their expectations, but they were like, breathe, it's okay, this stuff takes time. You have to trust us, you have to trust yourself. And that was the best advice I ever received, to trust the process, really. I think it's all about having a good supportive team behind you. You knew that you had your parents who had been like, who you said were like, hey, I think you need to drop out of school. This is <laughs> probably what's gonna be best for you. And yeah. then a manager, and an agent who they do have your best interest at heart. Yeah. So that's really great to hear that you've had that great experience and that you also know yourself well enough to say school isn't for me, but I always want to continue honing my craft. Going back to what you said about being an artist, because yes, mm -hmm. you can be super talented, but are you an artist? And I think that's a really interesting parallel I never thought to consider before. So you did mention that people think like lame is just fell in your lap. <laughs> um, you also said that touring, you kind of took it for granted when you were just living out of a suitcase and it was really hard. You're 23, so I would think you are probably one of the youngest people in that touring company. Besides the literal children, I actually think that I was the youngest person. Which is a huge, first of all, testament to your talent, but also it's a big deal. And what have you learned through being the youngest person? And what was that experience like? Oh my gosh. I mean, being from being the youngest person, I my story on tour is, is like so crazy. I got there when I was 20 and wow. then I had my like within my first couple weeks, I had my 21st birthday. And let's keep in mind here, like, I have never been to, before this, I'd never been to a bar drinking. So my first experience, they were like, after I saw the show, first of all, I was like, my mind was blown and I was in hysterics. Like this simply cannot be happening to little old me. And then they invited me out to a bar because they were celebrating something. And I'm just, it was such a like foreign environment to me because like I was never, I really was not one of those like kids who like drank under the bleachers or anything. And, nice. and, but like, these are actual adults just like, doing a normal thing. And slowly but surely I kind of became more accustomed to that nightlife of just being on tour. But I am who I am right now because of tour. And in a way, I think that tour actually really saved my life because of what I was experiencing when I lived in New York, crossing over to most of my time on tour, there were a lot of mental barriers for me. And I think a lot of people were really gracious in taking me under their wing. And even some people didn't really come around until I had kind of gotten my stuff together. And I have this wonderful thing on my wall that's like a letter from a bunch of people when they were like leaving the show. And there's one letter I really hold dear to me. And I'll never forget this one girl texted me. She had already left the show and she texted me like, I just want to let you know that I, I think you're so wonderful. You're such a ray of light. And I've gotten to see your true color 
colors recently and there's you're such a, a beautiful soul and it literally brought me to tears and even just something else like a guy was sitting with me at a bar that I worked with and he was like you look like you're glowing a little bit I kind of found who I was when I was on tour I was super super lost when I was 20 21 and then like halfway through 21 to 22 I was like oh I think I I think I'm starting to find myself a little bit more and a huge part of that was just my environment doing what I loved and the people who were surrounding me that's beautiful I mean you were 20 years old I even I know I was such a baby I'm so hard on myself <laughs> I think about when I'm 20 and I'm, when I was 20 which wasn't all that long ago but I did some crazy things like I worked all through college so mm -hmm. I would drive a round trip in a few hours which probably like wasn't the safest thing to do but <laughs> I grew so much the person that I was when I was 20 is not the same person that I am now and when you're in that environment specifically with people who have your back like in a show there are people that support you within the models that I've worked with there are some models that I know will have my back and I've been very grateful because I think that they have played a very large role in shaping the person that I'm becoming now but hearing about your experience it's amazing and something I'm just a fun question I would love to ask what's one common misconception that a lot of people think about touring and being part of a show like that oh I know exactly what it is it's that everyone's going to be best friends which is not the case <laughs> I think that's the same misconception that people going into college think that is certainly what I thought going into college just like there's 12 of us we're all going to be best friends we're going to be connected at the hip at all times and we're going to love each other no <laughs> i mean when you're working you're working these are your coworkers, mm -hmm. and it makes it really difficult that a lot of the time you don't get your own space uh you're living right next door in the hotel with them you're you're seeing them eight shows a week on weekends you're really not leaving the theater and it's like you have to really mind people's personal space I mean, we've turned these dressing rooms kind of into, we, we set up our stations into our own little home for those seven days. And we have cots that sometimes we take naps on. And like, it's kind of like really just, you have to develop your own boundaries and you have to respect other people's boundaries in order for other people to respect yours. And of course you're going to make mistakes. Other people are going to make mistakes. You just got to learn from it and you have to be kind to each other. But I think it's definitely that I was massively shocked, even though I had, I had already experienced this with my college class, that everyone wasn't like, all the time and that's totally okay like I I love being by myself and I've discovered that and I've accepted loving being by myself and I'm a huge introvert here so after yeah. like quarantine I was like this is fine like I'm recharging not having to see people I can do this yeah absolutely and and I think that's what quarantine is doing to a lot of people it's just I've certainly developed a better relationship with myself had a lot of time to think and I think that it should be really encouraged to just like date yourself get to know yourself a little bit better there's nothing wrong with I mean like this is a joke that but like girls love to go to the bathroom in groups I'm like go to the bathroom by yourself like just take a second take a breather it's really okay you don't have to be around people all the time I love that. <laughs> yes very well said I guess going back to what you said about people being best friends someone told me when I was 17 that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that is a lesson that I brought with me to college and I guess paralleling the two wasn't a national tour but it was in a sorority and not everyone in your sorority is going to be your best friend even though you share common values and you have the same like, social life, not everyone's going to be best friends. 
But I think that's an important lesson to carry with you wherever you go, that someone may love you for a certain quality and someone might not mesh with you because of that same quality. So I think that it's very applicable to different areas of life. I think it's, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I think it's something that we try to teach kids when they're younger. And just when you think you've grasped that concept, it kind of just like goes in one ear and out the other and you meet new people and you're like, oh, you don't like me? Like, oh, I really take that personally. And I think it's something that people will just struggle with for the rest of their lives because different people will just like trigger certain things in us that we don't like about ourselves. And I think it's also important for people to remember that what someone is projecting on you does not necessarily have to do with you. A lot of the time it has to do with what they don't like in themselves. So if they like, this is probably a bad example because I'm not like this, but if someone is really, really chatty and I'm really, really, really chatty and they don't like that about themselves, they might distance themselves from me because they want something else. I mean, that's the whole concept of opposites attracting. That happens with normal friendships, not just relationships. No, that's yeah. a wonderful piece of advice and something that we always have to keep in mind or in the back of our head when we're growing up because Absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be people who you don't match with in life, but you just have mm -hmm. to accept it and make the most of it and move on. So what has been the best piece of advice that you have been given either personally or professionally? Oh my gosh, to calm the heck down, to truly just enjoy where I am in the moment. I have a dear friend, Jimmy Smagula, who was on tour with me. I think he popped in here for a second. I don't know if he's still here, but <laughs> he, he, I remember I was like stressing about an audition I had while I was on the road and he just looked at me, he goes, he calls me Cheech. He's like, Cheech, you're 22, calm down. Like you've got your whole life ahead of you to, to go on auditions and get rejected and go on auditions and have other jobs and meet new people. Just like enjoy where you're at right now, which I didn't do and I wish that I had done because now I'm home and just take a breath, look at your surroundings and say, wow, look how hard I worked to get here and to obtain this idea of a job that I truly in my heart never knew that I would reach that peak of success. And I still doubt myself now and moving forward, especially with the complications of COVID-19. But I think it's just to like really breathe and pat yourself on the back for what you're doing or what you have done because it's really not for nothing. We've all worked really hard. I think that is a beautiful piece of advice. It can be hard when you're in the thick of something to not just be grateful, but to take a step back and realize, oh my gosh, I have worked so hard and now I'm here and I can enjoy and reap the benefits from it. But it's really? also like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out because I want to do X, Y, and Z. And again, it's a little different like for you with theater and performing. And I guess the only thing right now is me with like taking on classes and sure, trying yeah. to get new jobs and new internships. And sometimes you just have to take a step back and be grateful for all of the opportunities that have been presented yeah so I take your friend's advice yeah I mean it's in theater we kind of say like okay I'll be successful when I book the Muni and then you book the Muni and you're like okay I'll be successful when I book Broadway and then you book Broadway and you're like okay I'll be successful when I book a Netflix series and then when you're doing that you're just not enjoying where you actually are and the people you're meeting and what you're learning you're always focused on like what's coming next and well you know that's fine you can always look into the future but you're never you can't that's so out of your control all you can do is be the best version of yourself and put your best foot forward with your art and there's so much business and politics that goes on behind the scenes that has nothing to do with what you've offered. That does not surprise me one bit. <laughs> it took a long time to actually figure out. I think I learned that on tour too. I was like, oh, all those times I was so hard on myself because I thought I didn't hit that note writer or I didn't wear the right dress and they probably didn't pick me for a completely different reason than that. Yep. And that's something that you have to remember with anything. There's always, and it absolutely sucks, but there's politics and things going on behind the scenes and whatever industry you're in. Mm -hmm. So it's not who you are and it's not your talent. It's just something that may be completely out of your control. Yeah, totally. 
Also, what was your favorite part about being on tour? The city, definitely. Seeing the country. My first couple cities, first of all, my first city was Seattle. <laughs> it was absolutely gorgeous. Literally and the completely other side of this country. I know, I know. But it was so funny because when I got the job, okay, this is also crazy. I was in New York. I was super down on myself. I was auditioning and not getting any callbacks. So I was like, mom, I have to come home and just take a break because I need to like recollect myself before I go back into any auditions. I came home for all of four days before my agent was like, there's an audition for this thing. Uh, do you want to go audition for it? And it was a show that I really wanted to be in. And I had a running relationship with them. And I was like, yes. So I drove from Florida to New York with my mother. I went to that audition. And while I was in New York during that time, my agent sent me an email and was like, can you also like, do you have time to run into Les Mis? I was like, yeah, right. Like I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna book Les Mis. Cool. Awesome. So I did it and it was so in and out. Like it was an immediate replacement thing that I was like, I remember sitting on the floor of my apartment, just like having a mental breakdown. Thank God my mother was there because I was like, th these are two incredible jobs that I probably didn't get. I was so negative. It's so mean. I'm my own worst enemy, truly. And I, I booked both jobs and I, is, th thank you. I mean, like it's three years ago, but <laughs> it was never like, too late. It was the most incredible feeling. It was like all of a sudden, like my and then my agent was like, "Hey, when it rains, it pours," and that that I'll never forget because it was just the most incredible feeling to I felt like not wanted for so long and then felt just like this giant warm hug and then my agent was like okay you have nine days pack up your stuff and you're going to Seattle I had nine days and I left my apartment that very next morning drove back to Florida and then went to Seattle wow. and yeah what your agent said when it rains it pours I think that's a notion people really have to keep in mind specifically now the theater industry has taken such a hard hit and there have been so many other jobs and people who have been out of the workforce now because of COVID and everything that's going on mm -hmm. that yes it's very hard to keep submitting applications and resumes and cover letters but to stay positive and to not be hard on yourself because again it's not you it's what's going on within the industry or your company so that's a beautiful testament though to not get hard on yourself that you were able to book these two jobs that clearly I mean Les Mis it's Les Mis I don't know what the other show was but it held something special for you and that's what matters it was I wish that I could live in that moment again it was a really wonderful feeling inside of my heart. <laughs> That's beautiful. And if you could offer advice to someone who kind of struggling to get that start or where you were feeling really hard on yourself, what would you say to them? I definitely believe in support systems. Um, know who your friends are. If it's a family member, if it's your mom, if it's your sister, if it's your roommate, you need the shoulder to cry on. It's very important. I believe in therapy with my whole heart. When I started to see a therapist, my life changed. I think that the theater industry, so I'm starting a blog, or I'm trying to start a blog. I'm very technologically challenged, so I don't know how to do that. But I was writing today about the industry and certain things that I think need some fixer upper ring, you know, involving inclusivity. And I think to just embrace your natural, authentic self is really important because casting directors will frequently tell you who they want you to be and what they want you to look like. And whilst they're coming from a good place, they want you to succeed. They want to give you the job. That's why they gave you the feedback. I wouldn't, for lack of better words, kill yourself over it because it's not worth losing yourself and it's not worth diminishing your self-worth. So I think to just kind of step out into the world and say, this is who I am, got to take it or leave it and create your own opportunities. And um, the universe has got your back. Gabby Bernstein's book is excellent. It's called, it's literally called that. The universe is going to take you where you're supposed to be. I believe that. That's so important. 
yeah, yeah. that you shouldn't compromise who you are or change yourself or yeah. a job or for an industry because you're going to get hired for a job because you're you yeah I'm sure you experience that a lot in the modeling industry too I mean that's something I've been doing so much reading about because it's very similar to Hollywood and, and Broadway I mean even just the physical aspect of it they're literally just looking at you and judging <laughs> if you're worth the job based on how you look and I think that for me the hardest thing I mean it, it first of all it breeds mental health disorders it breeds eating disorders and it just like makes people it gives people lifelong mental barriers they just kind of carry that with them no it's so true I've gotten jobs because I'm a brunette and I haven't gotten jobs because I'm a brunette exactly or I have larger hips for what would be considered typical in a modeling industry and some are like oh my god we love it that you have larger hips and others are like nope not for us and you just have to kind of roll with the punches you're gorgeous and you're very brave I could never be <laughs> in that industry <laughs> I can't sing at all I can't carry a tune so you know what you think is brave of me I think is brave of you so we can appreciate each other's talents I got you to each their now <laughs> are you ready for some speed questions yeah bring them on <laughs> What is one skill or new thing that you have tried during quarantine? Guitar. I learned how to play the guitar. Really? Yeah. I just Does taught myself. Do your parents play the guitar? Like my dad plays the guitar. He's been trying to get me to play for my entire life. And only recently I was like, well, now's the time. I'm going to learn. And I got an app and I've been writing my own songs and playing other people's songs and I'm better than I thought I would be. So I'm off to a good start. <laughs> Never knew unless you tried. Exactly. Exactly. The last TV show that you benched. Outlander. Oh I my love God. it. Isn't it so good? It's so good. Anyone who has not watched Outlander, please watch Outlander. It takes time. It's kind of like a Game of Thrones thing, but it is so hot. <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> The writing is excellent. The, the the acting is phenomenal. It's a master. For me, it's like watching a master class. And it's just like, if you're into that, like romance, like steamy tension, like battling. And it's so excellent. Very excellent. I'm stuck on season three because season four isn't on Netflix or Amazon. It's on stars. It's on stars on demand. Okay. I have to find that then because I went to look at stars and I only saw season five and I was like, where is season four? So it's on stars, I think I am obsessed. And my so mom good. already binge season five and she told me, she was like, I need to tell you what happens. I was like, no, I have to watch it by myself. It's amazing. Whenever someone's like, I need a new show to watch. I'm like, Outlander. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And the author, I think wrote eight, books or something but now I think they're like it's called Droughtlander because they're not expected to film for a really long time because of everything that's happening. I, I hope that they do find a way to film because I'm kind of like biting my nails over here. I mean I've actually watched it twice now. I've we my family has rewatched both seasons back to back just because we were like yeah we'll, we'll do it again. I'm just really anxious to know what's what's going to happen. I, <laughs> I don't want to give it. any spoilers. Just even talking <laughs> about it makes me just so giddy. Excited yeah I know. <laughs> So what is your favorite musical soundtrack that you listen to to get pumped up? To get, that's a very difficult question. To get pumped up is probably going to be Hamilton. That's a basic answer. But my favorite musical like soundtrack to listen to is probably Sunday in the Park with George. Those are very different. They're extremely different. That's why you said to get pumped up. And I was like, well, I wouldn't necessarily listen to Sunday on the treadmill, but I would definitely just turn it on for like a feel good afternoon. I love that. There are I so love Sondheim. <laughs> like Hamilton now because it's on Disney Plus. 
Yeah. Everyone is now obsessed with it. And I see all of these, most of my TikTok is just Hamilton parodies and mm -hmm. people like seeing how fast that they can rap the lyrics. But here I am, in, I've loved it since it was nominated for all the Tonys and Lin-Manuel Miranda's genius within the Heights as well. So I feel did like- Did you see it live? Yes, I did. I'm very jealous. I've only seen it on Disney Plus, but I'm very grateful to have seen it at all. <laughs> I saw it when they were on tour and they came to the Broward Center here. It was like my birthday when, present. When was that? It was December of last year. So not 2019, but 2018. Oh, okay. I have a really dear friend who's on it, right? Who's on the tour right now. So Really? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe you actually saw my other friend. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, off of Instagram Live. It was cool. phenomenal. Like, I think I sobbed for the entire second act. And my parents yeah. were like, are you okay? I said, I was, no, I'm not at all. It's a masterpiece. It really is. I listened to it while working out as well. It's great. Okay. Your favorite snack or guilty pleasure? Watermelon. But it's not guilty pleasure. My favorite, my favorite food is overall just melon. Watermelon. Um, my favorite guilty pleasure, like food? Sure. Oh, gosh. Probably ice cream. I love ice cream. I also don't see that as a guilty pleasure. No, absolutely <laughs> like, not. <laughs> but I, I love vanilla ice cream with rainbow sprinkles. That is, I'm a simple girl. Pretty so delicious. make it fun. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. my favorite. And then the last one, what would be, okay, there's two technically. Your all-time favorite role that you've played and then your dream role. Oh, gosh. My all-time favorite role... I'm going to do like any musical that I did in my youth as well, because I mean, I would say Fontaine because she's gorgeous, but I'm going to say Mrs. Lovett because I love play. I was a 16 year old Mrs. Lovett and it was and still is to this day my dream role. So it is the same answer for both questions. When I am 50, I will play that role. <laughs> I love that. Sweeney Todd is just such a dark, twisted musical it's so much fun though it was the first musical i think i saw i saw the movie and i think that was like my first exposure to musicals i thought it was a horror film i was going to and then they started singing and i was confused but i really liked it <laughs> wow and to this day that would be your dream role that's wonderful yeah I'm a sucker for Sondheim, man. Wow. Oh, well, I see that we have a question. Okay, someone wants to know if you're going to sing for us, which may be a little bit hard. Also, one, you're not warmed up. It's also on Instagram Live, so I have no idea what it would do to the audio. I have absolutely no clue. I I could sing for you. It's totally up to you. We I'm all over YouTube. Just type my name into that YouTube browser, Olivia DeChichi, and you can find a plethora of videos there. I won't waste our time. <laughs> well, so that's the last question. Where can people find you for more? YouTube. So I'm in the middle of writing my new blog, which is going to be called The Safe Space. It's kind of like a mental health positivity blog, and it is very much in the baby stages. So I'll put it on my Instagram and my Facebook when it's ready. Add me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, and all of my, I have a lot of clips and music stuff on the YouTube. I will link all of them down below and then in the podcast as well. Cool. Thank you. Olivia, it was so amazing to talk to you thank you so much for having me you reached out and I was like absolutely <laughs> I loved hearing your story I also think it's so important to remain positive in this nutty industry that you are a part of but that brings so many people so much joy thank you so much I think that it's really great that you're that you're doing this being a woman in your 20s it can be hard especially during these trying times so keep the faith and breathe. Please breathe. Don't forget to. Often we think it's just natural to and we are not 
breathing authentically. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Olivia, you gave such amazing advice and insight and I'm so excited for your baby blog that's growing <laughs> and, but it's so amazing to, first of all, also watch you perform as a teenager. And now that you're doing it as an adult is awesome. Oh, thank you so much. I hope that I get to share more of my art with you in the future and vice versa as well. I love watching you on Instagram and stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you, Olivia. You're well, gorgeous. I think the same thing about you. So this is like a conversation that we can carry off when there are not like, people like, watching. Yeah, exactly. But Olivia, I will link everything below. You are so wonderful. And I can't wait to see everything that you do in the future. You too, girl. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. Virtual hugs. Yes, virtual hugs. Stay well. Bye. Bye. <laughs>